WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The two men who robbed the Dunham's sports store in Benton Township last Thursday are now facing a host of federal charges. U.S. Attorney Mark Totten announced today 33-year-old Darnell Bishop and 25-year-old Dontrell Nance are accused of trailing the store's manager to his home on Thursday night and attacking him. Totten says they kidnapped the manager at gunpoint and forced him to tell them the security codes to the store. After that, one of the suspects went into the store and stole 123 handguns. Speaking today, James Deere with the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives said there's a big black market for guns. In investigations like this, my experience, these were headed to the streets. These were headed for quick sale, quick money. It's the holidays, it's the happy season, everybody needs money. In cases like this, folks think this is an easy score. You're looking at almost $100,000 worth of guns. Totten said after the store robbery, the suspects released the manager who called police in the early morning hours of Friday. It was thanks to a misstep with an app that police were able to find the suspects. One of the defendants allegedly used Cash App to try and send money from the manager's debit card to another Cash App account. Although that transfer failed, likely because of a misspelling, the attempt helped lead authorities to Dontrell Nats. After some investigation, police retrieved 122 of the 123 stolen guns. They will be returned to the store or destroyed, depending on the store's policy. Totten said there's been an epidemic of gun violence across the country, and the availability of illegal guns is a big reason. He commended local police for solving the case. Both suspects have confessed to their roles in the robbery. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have declined to redo a water system capacity study that was conducted earlier this year. At a meeting last night, commissioners heard from Fleiss and Vandenbrink Engineering's Elaine Venema, who said that the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy has not approved the study submitted in March because it plans for the future of the water system without solving a projected $2.5 million annual shortfall. Eagle cannot approve that a water utility must be sustainable. And so Eagle wrote this letter back in late October, kind of identifying the city needs to close the gap either by finding a way to treat it at a lower cost, finding additional sources of water revenue, or procuring drinking water from a source at a lower cost. Commissioners balked at redoing the study because part of that would involve studying the cost of getting water from St. Joseph or Benton Township instead. Commissioner Sharon Henderson said that's a non-starter. None of us will study purchasing water from St. Joe, from Benton Township, any of that. I will not ever support that. Venema said it's estimated that would cost the city more to get water from elsewhere, but Eagle wants to see the results of actual negotiations. Commissioners all said no way, with Mayor Marcus Mohammed saying he's ready for a standoff with the state over the issue. Mohammed said the city's water system is losing money because it lost customers while under state management. Commissioners voted unanimously to table the matter. Medal of Honor recipient Jim McLuhan has been saluted by the South Haven City Council with a proclamation recognizing his contributions to the community. At a meeting last night, the council approved a resolution thanking McLuhan for his work with schools, the Lakeview Cemetery, and the Memorial Day Parade. As a medic in Vietnam, he saved the lives of fellow servicemen. McLuhan told a story about how he hoped to survive one firefight just so he could tell his father that he loved him. 
He then gave everyone an assignment. There must be somebody that you failed to say those three words to lately. You've just been kind of busy or you haven't seen them, so it didn't come across your mind. If it's not too late tonight, do it tonight. If not, do it tomorrow. Call them. Not only will you tell them that you love them, but you will tell them why. McLuhan said he's tried to be the best coach and teacher he could ever since getting home. I loved what I did, but I had something to pay back to my creator. I'm still trying to do it. McLuhan thanked all the students who have touched his life over the years and the whole community. He was approved for a Medal of Honor by President Barack Obama. He received it from President Donald Trump in 2017. Today was Adoption Day at the Berrien County Trial Court. Court Administrator Carrie Smetanka Haney tells us they hold the event each year to publicly complete and celebrate adoptions with friends and family on hand for the occasion. It's become a, a bit of a holiday tradition here at the trial court because we get to kind of highlight the importance of adoption and the needs of children in foster care throughout the state. So this year's theme is officially a family. Justice Brian Zara of the Michigan Supreme Court joined local Berrien County judges as seven adoptions were completed today. Smetanka Haney says the county might have anywhere from 60 to 80 adoptions in a given year, and there are more types of adoptions than many people know. I think most frequently people think of adoptions from foster care, and that's probably the largest need here in the state. But there are also adoptions from Safe Delivery Act, newborns. So actually, we have one of those today. There's adult adoptions. There's guardianships to adoptions. Smetanka Haney says adoption is special because it's the formal giving of a forever family to someone, something the court believes everyone deserves. Adoption Day is always held in November because it's Adoption Month, highlighting the importance of adoption and the needs of children in foster care. Buchanan Mayor Scott Dennison has issued another statement to the community amid controversy over his suspension of the city manager. This follows the the filing of a recall petition against Dennison last week with the Berrien County Clerk's Office. In his new statement, Dennison writes that the city is conducting, quote, an investigation of employee workplace complaints against the city manager. He says the complaints were shared with the city commission, which was asked to keep them confidential. However, Dennison says after one member of the commission shared the complaints with the manager, the decision was made to suspend him until the investigation could be completed. Dennison says no laws or contract rights have been violated and, quote, the choice was between removing one person from the work environment or many city hall staff members to the harm of the city operations and citizens. He's now asked the city commission to, quote, consider this matter as soon as possible after the holiday. City manager Benjamin Eldridge has been suspended with pay since early this month. And a new downtown decorating contest is underway in Bridgman. Bridgman Corridor Improvement Authority Chair Hannah Anderson tells us they've launched the Frostina the Snowman Planter Contest with 12 downtown groups. They are all decorating the 12 downtown planters with a snowman theme. Each planter, they can decorate any way that they want, with anything they want, as long as there's a snowman incorporated in it. Anderson says that some of the planter designs are already up, and they'll all be up by Friday. Then the public can vote on their favorites. Each planter is going to have a sign with a QR code, and people can either use the QR code that's on the sign, or they can go directly to Bridgman's website, and that'll direct them to the voting ballot. And we're also going to have paper ballots available in the vestibule of City Hall. The winner of the contest will be announced at the Bridgman Holiday Village Tree Lighting Ceremony at 6 p.m. on December 9th. Anderson says they'll get a trophy. She says the contest is just another way to make the downtown more festive and fun in the winter. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. 
High-ranking members of the Israeli government will vote on a deal that would release some of the more than 200 hostages taken by Hamas and still being held by Hamas in Gaza. ABC has learned that under the terms of the deal, about 50 hostages, primarily women and children, would be freed in exchange for a ceasefire that could last several days. The deal may still fall apart, even if Israeli officials vote to approve it, and there's a chance that not all the hostages would be released under the deal. Israel would also agree to releasing Palestinians, mostly women and children, from Israeli prisons. More from ABC's Matt Gutman, who's on the scene of a protest in Tel Aviv. Israel wanted all of the families to be brought back together, including male family members. That is apparently not going to happen. Now, if... Hamas continues to release in these batches of 10 to 12. They could continue the ceasefire past four days. So it could go to five days or six days. And I'm told that foreign nationals, including Thais and Belize, others, could be released thereafter. Meanwhile, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says Israel will continue its war against Hamas, even if a temporary ceasefire is reached with the Islamic militant group. In comments today ahead of the expected cabinet vote on a ceasefire proposal, Netanyahu vowed to press ahead. He said that, quote, we are at war and we will continue the war and that Israel, quote, will continue until we achieve all our goals. The cabinet was expected to vote on a plan that would halt Israel's offensive in Gaza for several days in exchange for those hostages. Israel has vowed to continue the war until it destroys Hamas's military capabilities and returns all the hostages. Also, the U.S. says it would be in the best interest of Hamas to release those hostages as well as in the interest of the Gaza civilians that Hamas says it's there to govern, more if maybe he's Andy Field. Hamas would trade hostages for Palestinians held in Israeli prisons, but State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller says those inside Gaza might receive much more. An agreement on uh, hostages would release or would unlock the potential for delivery of more humanitarian assistance. But the State Department says they do not have to link that aid to releasing hostages. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. North Korea claims it has successfully placed a military spy satellite into orbit. The North Space Authorities said in a statement today that the launch vehicle placed the satellite into orbit last night. The North's claim couldn't be independently confirmed immediately. Observers doubt whether the satellites advanced enough to perform military reconnaissance, but the launch still invited strong condemnation from the United States and its partners because the U.N. bans North Korea from conducting satellite launches, calling them covers for tests for missile technology. President Biden today held a meeting with senior members of his administration to follow up on gains that he says the administration has made in combating the illegal import and distribution of fentanyl. The president struck a deal last week with the presidents of China and Mexico to crack down on the illegal trade of fentanyl precursor chemicals used to make the potentially deadly drug. ABC's Karen Travers has more on what he had to say about the personal impact of the drug on so many American families. President Biden meeting with senior administration officials to talk about ways to combat the illicit fentanyl trade and acknowledging the holidays can be tough for families who've lost loved ones to the opioid epidemic. He called it a, quote, American tragedy. Too many are going to face looking at an empty chair for the first time of Thanksgiving. So many people have died. It's heartbreaking. After the president's meeting with China's President Xi, the White House announced the U.S. and China will work together on a new effort to target Chinese companies that are making the chemicals for fentanyl. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Donald Trump has long praised a particular type of foreign leader, men he describes as tough and strong, even if they're accused of chipping away at democracy. He's now celebrating Argentina's newly elected president, Javier Malay. Trump says Malay will, quote, make Argentina great again. His resounding win gives Trump a new potential ally if he wins re-election. It also underscores Trump's enduring influence on global politics in the near decades since he launched his first White House bid. 
The new president of Argentina has promoted unproven theories about election fraud, and many of his supporters wore Make Argentina Great Again hats during his campaign. That echoed Trump's slogan. And a January 6th rioter who berated a judge and insulted a prosecutor has been sentenced to three months in jail. More if maybe he's M. Wynn. New Yorker Frank Rocco Giustino was sentenced to three months in jail after he pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge related to January 6. But since the case started months ago, Giustino skipped two court hearings and was arrested last month because of it ahead of the sentencing Tuesday. During this case, Giustino berated the judge and insulted the prosecution, calling it a, quote, absolute clown show. Roughly 1,200 people have been charged with federal crimes related to the January 6 Capitol attack. Nearly 900 of them have pleaded guilty or have been convicted. M. Wynn, ABC News, Washington.